Welcome to the Dreamers Podcast, the show where we dream big and other things. <laughs> Welcome to the Dreamers Podcast. I'm so glad you could tune in for this episode, and I'm super thankful for all of you who are listening. I'm very thankful for everyone who's been on my show. It's Thanksgiving weekend, and I'm just feeling very thankful and grateful for my life and for the dreams that God has given us. This is a very exciting episode. It is the first episode where I interview two people at once. My guests today are a couple of great actors and storytellers and also on the list of my favorite people in the world, Christopher Safira and Garrett Stevens. I honestly could have interviewed them individually with so much to talk about but we are a squad and when we're together we have the best conversations they are the people that played a huge part in helping me find my dream when I was a young theater nerd in high school (laughs) yeah we met in high school and the rest is history Garrett went to school at Boston University with a degree in film and television and he's now thriving in Los Angeles as a creative person. He does all the things. Chris went to school at SMU in Dallas, Texas with a degree in theater studies and has gone on to perform across the country doing what he loves in theater. I just know they're both going to go on to win big academy awards one day, Tony Awards, all of the awards. We are only just getting started, but I'm really proud of them for actually following through with their dreams and continuing to give back to the world by inspiring others with their art. I hope this episode inspires you to always be curious and keep working hard at your craft. Here's our conversation. I have no chill for this interview. Like, I'm kind of nervous. I don't know, nervous, excited. Like, let's just get right into it welcome to the dreamers podcast chris and garrett what's up hello hello (laughs) i am so excited like i think yeah me too i'm like i'm not biased you know towards (laughs) what i've had on my show but (laughs) but also just a little bit but also you're my favorite guest that i've ever had on the show uh, oh uh that's high praise high praise i have to start off by saying garrett is the reason i started this podcast i owe it all to him because he asked me a very important question when i was in los angeles this summer and he said to me what is your biggest dream dream as big as you can dream and i was like that's a very daunting question (laughs) as garrett is notoriously known for asking people big existential questions like that it's, yeah it's it's a it's a good question I think everyone should ask that question of everybody yeah of so whole, that's what my whole person. podcast is literally based on this like conversation we had totally I think it's so, I think it's amazing as soon as I saw the thing as soon as I saw like your first post about it I was like yes I was like it and it's one of those things from the outside looking in from my take that just makes so much sense that it just like seems to very much fit. And I feel like I'm sure you can speak to that, that that's probably what that sort of lightning bolt moment felt like. And I feel like that's when those are the moments few and far between in life when like, you know, whatever the thing is, is right. Oh, yeah. Like when it's kind of like that inexplicable thing. Right. And like the fact that I 
I, I mean, we'll talk about you guys in a sec, but I just have to give my yeah. spiel. Like, yeah, of course. The fact that I literally don't care if I get anyone listening to this show, like not one person. I'm having so much fun. Like, this is such a joy filled passion project of mine. And then the fact that I can just like talk to my best friends, people I look up to and like have it recorded forever and just look back on, you know, it's really cool. So yeah, definitely Thanks, Garrett. But yeah. I want to say like us three as friends, we've always kind of dreamed big together and like starting off in high school, we were in the theater together and just like we would always talk about our dreams and like actually pursuing them like we are out here doing it yeah, <laughs> so yeah definitely we followed through and it was like it was a moment when we were all three sitting uh at a restaurant in boston and we're like we're really doing it <laughs> i know and we were I... still in school but we were like pursuing what we loved and we we're like we can't believe we're actually we this this right here i know for the for the viewers at home here you can't see it but i'll i'll show you this is the cork from our dinner. Oh man, the date on, and I remember that conversation, and I've kept it since. And it's it was October 9th, twenty seventeen. So it was this month, three years ago. That's amazing. That is so special. It is. Wow. It yeah. really is, and it's something that I've held on to, and I plan to continue <laughs> holding on to. And when we all get together for our next dinner we can all share another bottle and we can you know oh yeah yes. of the court. i don't think i was 21 oh, yeah. yet by the way <laughs> well you know let's anyway <laughs> anyway let's just like talk about kind of the beginning go back to our roots so we went to high school together and did theater yep and um that was such a fun time in life but it like meant more to us than anyone else that was in theater i think Correct. So, like, when was like a moment in high school where you realized like, I really love this. Like, I can't see myself doing anything else. I want to tell stories for a living. Chris, you start. So mine was kind of like a progression. Like I always wanted to be in theater um, ever since I was like really young. My freshman year was the first year that we were kind of, um, I started uh, acting for real, for real. Cause that's when, you know, I joined the Academy for theater arts um, our special group. <laughs> and so, uh, the elite, the elite, I guess. <laughs> this is so funny. And the thing is like, I, I remember the first time I saw that was the year they did the one act play running upstream. And, um, I saw Atlanta actor, Jake West, um, play it. And he was a junior at the time. And it was the first time I had ever seen somebody kind of like uh, take on a character so well that I was even like, I want to do that. And so then from that point on, like, I was like, I have to be in shows. Like, I, I want to try acting. I want to see like, if I can do it. That's when I kind of started doing it full time. Like sophomore year uh, was when I was in my first like fall play. But you know, I had been in musicals and things like that. And it had been fun. But it wasn't until actually um, my junior year, when I kind of like threw everything else away that I was like, I'm only going to do theater and that's going to be my thing. And that's what I would kind of want to put all my heart and soul into. Cause one of the things they always told us going into like whatever we did in high school was, you know, you only have this, these four years to, you know, play a sport or be on the robotics team or whatever. And I wanted to dedicate at least two of those years fully into theater. 
And so that's when I like, and then we did um, the long view, <laughs> yes. which was like, um, that's actually like, my junior year kind of changed my life because that show, I did it with Garrett. We were kind of like the two male leads and we had a Just blast. <laughs> yeah, I, would be, I beat him up. Um, this was the moment was, you both peaked in high school. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, but that monologue that I used in the show actually was one of the monologues that I used to audition for colleges. Nice. Um, and I would have never known a monologue like that unless I'd been in that show. And that same year after the long view, then we did the sound of music and the sound of music was kind of like the game changer for me. It was the show that once I was in it um, and I did it, I was captain von Trapp. I, it changed my life. Like I was literally like, I did it. And I was like, I have to do this for the rest of my life. I have to pursue it fully try to do it to the best of my ability. And I remember our conversations, Brooke, backstage, you would always kind of see me like in the corner, like kind of like, you know, being quiet or- Yeah, you were I, the one person that was like zen. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And I remember one time you talked to me about that and you were like, you're like, you're so different like backstage than you kind of like are in life because I'm a goofball. Every, yeah, you are. Every other time. But I don't know what it is. It's like theater- brings this side of me this like wanting to be the best I can possibly be um and it it has nothing to do like it might have a little bit to do with myself but like honestly it has a lot to do with like the audience um and storytelling just in general that was a huge huge part of my journey for being an actor and then of course our senior year kind of just all solidified it because that was then when I started to audition for colleges. Mm -hmm. You also got the Broadway Dream Scholarship. I did, yeah, which was which was great. It was yeah. super cool. It was an essay I wrote. I know. It was an essay I wrote basically telling why theater, like, had changed my life. And it, it helped me, of course, you know, through the traumas of my life, such as, like, my father passing and things like that. Um, that's why The Sound of Music, for instance, was such a big deal to me because it was this moment, like, the captain – he loses his wife and the music in that his children used to sing remind him of his wife. That's why he doesn't like music. And so then when he hears them sing for the first time because of Maria, he like breaks down <laughs> and yeah. is literally like taken aback because his children singing remind him of all the like love and care that was in that relationship. And like, there's so much to go into yeah you know different plays and what their meanings are and things like that that's why I love theater like uh a sentence is not just a sentence an action is not just an action there's so much underneath all of it that yeah. I mean you can one thing can mean one thing to one person and it can mean a completely different thing to another and it's just the same line said the same way or said a different way yeah, theater is the most fascinating thing to me. You know, I can talk about it for hours, upon hours. <laughs> no, just Chris and I have. We, we have, have yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, me, you know. Many phone calls. <laughs> you, you, you two have like, I mean, I literally, I think you two are probably the only people that I still kind of keep in contact, like for real, for real from high school. Yeah. Um, and there's a reason for that is because, you know, we fuel each other. We, we help each other with our dreams and, and encourage one another and want us to be the best artists we can be yeah. the best people never any can... jealousy never any mm -hmm. like competition no. never no and we can go months years without talking to each other well not years exactly but, months. <laughs> but and you. like it's nothing ever changes so yeah. yeah 
And I mean, that kind of relationship and like the kind of relationships we have, it helped me when I got to college finding those same people. Um, I have two best friends from college that literally same kind of deal. They are the two that I will probably never lose touch with. Yeah. Theater uh-huh. is a spiritual experience. It really is. It is. Yeah. yeah. You find your tribe. It's about yeah. kind of, you know, recognize identifying those people in your kind of kindred spirits because they are out there. You just got to yeah. kind of do a bit of searching. Right. Definitely. Yeah. So what was the moment for you, Garrett? You kind of have same but different journey. <laughs> I don't even know school for like science or something. I don't even know what my journey is. It's fascinating. It's still unfolding. I mean, I know, and that's the coolest part. Yeah. And the thing that like, I feel like I've come to learn the most, especially in the last year, you know, with as crazy of a year as this has been, has just been that nothing is wasted. Like nothing you ever do is wasted. Like, even on the down days or like a day that like you go down some YouTube rabbit hole and you watch some random video and you think you're wasting your time or whatever. And you're like, Oh, like, and then you beat yourself up and you're like, this isn't productive. Like three months later, you're going to go to do something and you're going to remember that video and you're going to be like, Oh my gosh, I know X, Y, Z because I watched that video or it's going to come up in a conversation. It's going to come up in your work. Um, you know, whether you're an artist or, or not. I mean, if you're an artist, it's going to be expressed everything that you everything that we do builds up like who we are, like character, character is defined by the actions we take and the choices that we choose. All the things like from our childhood, like who we, you know, were and still are, I think still feed into like constantly until like, Oh, definitely. I think more than people think you are like kids, kids are like very much a dreamers, be like more than I think people want to give them credit for very fully realized in who they are as an individual. Like, but becoming an adult is just about bridging the gap between like manifesting what those original expressions as a kid, like that you had as a kid and structuring them in a way that can be communicated to, to adults that it's like, because when two kids play somehow they, they're almost always on the same page sometimes. Oh, yeah. It's something crazy. And they're like, they just, it's very much the, uh, you know, Chris, I'm sure as you're aware, the yes and kind of thing. And and kids just do that. But I mean, it's, you know, adults should be the same way. And I think that's kind of the difficulty of becoming an adult artist is, Mm -hmm. is keeping that same dreamer spirit, is keeping that same yes and, and like kind of remembering your roots. I mean, I guess to, to circle back and answer the question, the answer is like kind of, I don't know. I think I've just always been curious. Like you, like you kind of mentioned, like I, I originally thought I wanted to go to school for like polymer chemistry and science and like material science. Like that's what I thought I wanted to do, which is so bonkers to me now. And I realized too, <laughs> that I'm like, I didn't love the idea of like, oh, like making the little brackets and connecting like the chemicals and stuff like that. But I loved the idea of like, materials as in the feel of just like the texture of things and I'm like no I'm just the whole time I thought I wanted to be a scientist I was just an artist I just didn't know it yet Mm -hmm. and like I think that there are those little things that are instilled in everyone when they're born like as a kid that you have something and you hit on the idea of it and you're not quite sure what but over time you kind of refine and refine and refine and then you go oh that's that was the thing this is the thing and then and then you keep refining that, refining that. Yeah, um, definitely. 
and I'll end on a little a little quote from that video that you sent me, Brooke, that I thought was really great, was um, uh, a skill is a gift refined. And I think that's just so, that's so true. Everyone has gifts, everyone has talents and abilities uh, and just refining them is how you sort of bring those to light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. So moving on to the next big question of the night. Mm-hmm. What is your biggest dream? <laughs> dreamers podcast chris take it away as you can dream okay so of course like everybody when they think of acting and they think of like theater in general everybody's like oh you want to be on tv (laughs) or you want to like you know be in movies um but always my my dream has always been just to make a living like the idea i mean i literally like will daydream and fantasize of this idea of like waking up with my family and then going to um a show and acting in a show and then coming home going to sleep waking up doing the same thing over and over and over again and like making a living like my family is provided for i'm provided for i can pay for the essentials for my life and that's like really all i've ever wanted now of course you know this the thing is when i talk to people about dreams and things like that like LA is always going to be eventually the goal because, you know, there is a trajectory that actors are always um, trying to get to. Like, no matter who you are on Broadway, eventually they want to be in television because, like, the money itself, like, just takes care of you. Um, And, I mean, you can kind of see that with, uh, you know, like, some of my favorite Broadway actors of all time, like Cynthia Erivo, James Monroe, Eagleheart, Mm -hmm. like, they are they are icons <laughs> and you know, they, you know, Cynthia Arriva was just in um, the movie Harriet and things like that. And then she's starting to make now more TV debuts um, because one of the things is that you realize that as theater actors, they're highly trained. They take it very seriously, but then there's also a lot of technique into it. Um, so my goal is honestly to just do the, the best work I can do all the time um, because no matter what it is. Um, and that, and that's, the, that's the big point, no matter what it is. Because I think a lot of the times people are like, oh, the dramatic work is like the only thing I need to give my soul. Uh, like, Oscar material. Exactly. Oscar, Oscar material. <laughs> Everyone, and they're like, oh, but is it dramatic? Is it that? Exactly. Is Jake Gyllenhaal the lead? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But when you, when you look at some of like, you know, comedians, or you look at child, like actors, or people that are in children's shows, like, you know, one prime example I always use is like the Wiggles. <laughs> like, <laughs> the Wiggles, like, the, the four of them, like, they're like, oh, that work can't be that hard. But you have to imagine, like, them as adults, going in every day and giving it so much effort to where they are literally trying to make little children believe that they are truthful, real, and that they can imagine or play along through the television. Yeah. Like if they don't believe it, the children won't believe it. And I've had that experience with being in like a lot of kids shows and things like that. You know, the experience of seeing, being on Broadway and actors coming through the back door and then all of a sudden like, you're like, oh my gosh, you were so amazing. You like reminded me of a time that like I went through this thing and you know, it theater brings up stuff. Well, it's the same thing for kids. Like, I had this little this little boy one time because I was in a <laughs> I was in a touring children's show called uh, The Ugly Duckling and I played a mean duck that was my thing 
Um, and I just remember he came up to me afterwards. And one of the first things he says, he's like, why are you so mean? <laughs> and I was like, I, I was like, you, you shouldn't be mean. He's like, oh, I know you shouldn't be mean, but why were you so mean? Like, he literally thought that I was just mean. <laughs> You're like, general. you know, I'm not a real duck, right? <laughs> exactly. I'm not a real duck. But, but to him, I was like as truthful as another person. And so through that, he realized like, man, that's what I look like when I'm being mean. That's what it looks like when kids are getting bullied, um, mm -hmm. which is so important because for some kids, they might not actually see that. And then once you see it and you address it and you're like, oh, that's wrong. Then when you see it in real life, it kind of helps you with like, that's not okay. I've seen that before, even if it's a subconscious thought, because mm. a lot of stuff is subconsciously. But we could get, we could get. That might be, in that, <laughs> that might be another conversation. That's a, that's another episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Seriously, I knew so, I'd yeah. be in trouble having both of you on here. This I is know. like a five-hour-long episode. That's true. Get those editing chops down. <laughs> I know, for real. Okay, Garrett, what's your biggest dream? You know, that's such a tough question because the thing is it really does change every it, i every feel like day. yeah <laughs> i just hour. feel like it keeps i feel like it keeps growing and growing and that's such a positive thing like I, it's i feel extremely blessed in that sense and that like something that i've recently uh sort of given a lot of just weight and credit and like worth is just having vision at all that like the ability to even see a goal is so important and that's why i think that this this podcast is so important and that's why i think it's amazing that you're getting so many people on here and having these conversations with them because i think especially now especially during this time but even at any point in time that i think it's it's so important that people remember that there are possibilities and that you can create a reality that is not this one. And the whole thing is that you, you have to, that the, the only way to ever allow yourself the possibility of that, even being a choice is going there. Like you have to, you have to envision something better than what currently exists to actually believe it. You have to be an optimist and yeah. in, a, in a big sense, like you really have to be an optimist. Um, the biggest dream I can dream is like, I mean, I want to, I want to write my own thing. I want to direct my own thing. I want to score my own film. Like I want to have a warehouse with, I, I essentially want to be the Willy Wonka of the art world. It's kind of a new thing that I've been, <laughs> is this idea is that I want to have a, my, my dream is to, is to a learn something new. Like every single day is to always remain curious learn new tools figure out new combinations of those tools but to you know have eventually and i don't know when this is maybe i'm 50 60 whatever it is i don't care if it's later like i want to have like a warehouse that i have like cnc machines pottery wheels like looms like go-karts like i just want to have and, and the <laughs> go-kart is functional by the way it's dead drag like I want to tie like paint cans to the back of a go-kart and like drive that over a gigantic canvas. Like I want to create like a, a, a camp or a place that like people can be invited that like can kind of get creatively unblocked or just like remember kind of the core again, principle, I think of like what this podcast is to me is the idea of just like, remember to play, like remember to have fun. And that like, that like there are, 
no inhibitions and the more that like you lean into that whether it's acting whether it's writing whether it's composing music is like that there is no right way quote unquote like they're you know the cliche know the rules to break the rules kind of thing and that's why like uh, a composer that I've been looking at a lot recently has been Danny Elfman but he uh, so many of his scores are very unconventional and he has a very he, he worked with Tim Burton a lot on some of his uh, earliest stuff and he just has a very quirky sound but that's because like he has entire libraries of like specifically tuned measuring cups and specifically tuned like random string that he found on like the street like he makes his own instruments like it's anything can be used and used in such a way that adds color or a characteristic or uh, a method or a technique and the only way to ever become an original is being willing to go out on the limb and take that chance is that you have to do something that no one else has done before or be willing to do something that no one else has tried before and also be willing to look like an absolute idiot <laughs> to oh, be yeah. able to do it oh yeah you know? and yeah, and I'm sure, Chris, that resonates strongly with. I mean, that's oh, what acting is. Look like an idiot is like the biggest thing for me. Yeah, is it was exactly. It's making big choices. It's no different in life as it is in a in a scene and with a character. Is that it's like you you have to be able to you know make a choice, commit to it, and be ready to fail. But also, uh, you know, recognize that don't don't make your failures so precious. You know, yeah, I, that's definitely. been something that I've been trying to reiterate to myself more and more is just like mm -hmm. that it's that it's okay to fail and that like my quote-unquote failure is not cannot be defined by anyone else's like definition of what that means for them yeah. you know what I mean like everyone has we all use the same words like success and love and failure we all use this like you use the same word I use but each of those meanings for each of those words can have a totally different like you know kind of purpose and meaning and, and expression of like what i your version of love can be something different from my version of love it's like yeah. i that, i have to that's a great segue because yeah. i remember from that conversation in boston at uh dinner you asked us what we thought success was yeah. <laughs> i was like that's probably the first time I've ever been asked that. And I was so overwhelmed and I like literally thought I was answering a math problem or something like <laughs> algebra. Yeah. Just, but it's because there's no right answer to that. Yeah. Like has their own experiences of what success mm -hmm. or failure looks like. I think success is a lot of the time, ultimately just getting outside of yourself and just doing whatever the thing is for, if you're doing something in service for someone else, if it's your family or your friends or, or your community, it's probably almost always a good thing. <laughs> like if yeah. you're doing something that's not about you and it's bigger, like the cliche, it's bigger than you kind of thing. Like those things are always, that's, that's how you get to the good stuff is when right. you're doing it selflessly. So I want to talk about success, but I also want to talk about failure and like setback. And if there yeah. was a time you could think of that you feel vulnerable to share um, mm -hmm. with the <laughs> listeners or like, just a moment and then how you overcame that. Like what is like <laughs> words of inspiration that you received in that time that really kind of like got you going again? Chris. All right. So, um, I mean, one, one thing that happened was like I was in college and it was my second, uh, second semester for my sophomore year. So it was my second year there. And 
I remember that a ton of my classmates had uh, gotten cast in like the main season, like because we have like a set amount of shows that the um, professors will direct, that the professional directors will come in and do whatever. And so I remember that I was like one of two that didn't get cast at all, like not even a little bit. <laughs> Cause there's, there's this other show that like was like a, it's the called new bitches, new voices. And we read plays for the senior playwrights. Um, and usually like, that's kind of like the casting, the not casting casting. Like when you're not picked in a show, you're put into that. Um, and everybody got like, would get upset about it. Um, but I wasn't even in that. And I remember I had a conversation with uh, my, my professor, uh, his name's Blake Hackler. And he's literally like, I don't know the the guy that taught me how to act. He's amazing, and I could talk to about him for days on end. But um, I remember I had a conversation with him, and he was talking to me, and he said, "You know, one of the things you have to realize is that um, there will come moments in your life that you, ju- you you're going to get, and you're not going to get, and you can't always um, kind of put your identity in those moments you don't get, because most of the time you're not going to get them." But what's so funny is that when you when you work hard and you strive, like eventually somebody will take notice and you can have your opinions about yourself in any way. And other people can have their opinions about yourself. But I remember I felt really defeated and I just had to have somebody tell me, like, no, you what you're doing is right. And like you need to just still be on the path and pursue it with all your heart. Well, I felt like a failure. And then about um, three weeks later, what happened was after that conversation with Blake, um, somebody dropped out one of the shows. And so then they asked me to be in it. And then I was in it and I, I worked hard and all this stuff and like, and it was in my first main stage. And um, I, w- I was super like, I don't know, it, it, it was different than eventually what would happen is like I would get cast in other shows, but I always remember that one specifically because it was a time where I thought something wasn't going to happen for me. And then it did. And it was just because somebody took notice of me and they were like, no, he works hard. And I know that like, even if he's not where we want him to be, like he eventually will get there. Uh, One thing that a lot of teachers always talk about is like my tenacity which basically means like I love I re- that word I refuse to like give up word. but yeah I love it Chris you're so inspiring Garrett I'm trying to think I guess it was this nearly this time last year about like a year ago a year and a half ago I was working in TV development I'd been there for about a year and a half and I eventually just kind of got to a point where the I loved everything I was doing but the company culture was just not fantastic and uh, I just got to a place where I felt really run down and kind of underappreciated. So without having another job lined up out the door, I ended up leaving, which everyone tells you not to do that. But I had kind of delayed it. For like, <laughs> I had delayed you got to do choice. it. You got to take the leap. Yeah. I mean, I had delayed that choice for like three or four months. Like I had really kind of was fighting through it. I was like, okay, I'll just stick it out a bit longer. Um, and then after that, I had like a bit of a dry spell of just working for a good four months that I just felt also not great from that. Um, and I really kind of felt like I had failed and like I, that I'd made a big mistake and that, you know, I wasn't sure what was quote unquote next for me kind of thing. Um, and then I started 
kind of getting more into personal assisting at the time. Uh, and also the biggest thing, I guess, from this, from having that experience was kind of like, it gave me all this time to just reflect back on myself. And sometimes uh, I spent too much time reflecting and I know that that can be <laughs> a, a negative. Um, but I think kind of stepping away from something, I guess that I placed so much of my identity in at the time and realizing like kind of having this big, you know, facing myself in the mirror kind of moment of being like, okay, but if I don't have this, then what am I? And I think also a lot of, I mean, that kind of ties into now. I think that a lot of people are probably experiencing a very similar conversation since the top of the pandemic and everything like that of people whose whole identities maybe were a certain thing. And they're like, okay, but who am I now? Now that I don't have this, who am I? And, you know, I define myself by this thing and I'm, this is the thing that I'm great at and I practiced at, but having quit that and felt like I failed, but then having that time to rediscover my identity probably is what pushed me into the top of this year of just like exploring a lot of new stuff and feeling like I kind of had this moment where I was like, no, I'm not defined by any one thing. Like a certain, I, I just like to try to tell people I'm just an artist. Like I'm just an artist. It doesn't matter what the medium is. It doesn't matter if it's writing or acting or painting or like composing, like it doesn't matter what the thing is. Those are all just tools. Those are all just ways to express the same, you know, feelings that are the same stories that I want to tell. Um, but that to say, I mean, had I not kind of stepped away and felt really bummed for those three or four months, I probably wouldn't have been prepared for the top of this year to realize that like, I don't have to define myself by any single thing. And yeah. not that that's necessarily a negative either, but that just remembering, you know, for myself and I would encourage other people to remember that don't hold on to that so preciously and because it's kind of disaster waiting to happen if and when something smashes your world you know it's like the runner who trains for years and then breaks their leg and then says oh my gosh what am i now what else yeah. am i i can't do anything else but i think everyone has a multitude of gifts and abilities they just have to also explore those i think it can be good to explore something even when the thing you're doing is like you're nailing it. You're like, I am this thing. I'm so good at this, but like a quick analogy, just to cap it off is that like, I always come up with the idea that I'm like, you know, you never know what you could be naturally fantastic at. If you never try it yeah. out of 10,000 people, if you surveyed and you made, you know, all 10,000 of them go sailing, you could have a thousand of them or a hundred of them that are actually really fantastic and natural sailors, but they would have no clue because they've never tried because that's something they would never even think of trying. So it's like, you have to have that curiosity to get out into the world and try things because yeah. you can be really great at something and it's just waiting for you around the corner. Well, thank you so much for coming on my show. Do you have any last quotes, any last words of inspiration for our listeners? Uh, mine is to just keep dreaming and don't ever give up on it. Um, no matter how long it is, however long it takes. I always tell people I'm in the, I'm in it for the long game. <laughs> A lot of people want to be famous the time they're like 27. I'm, I'm not, uh, expecting to get famous till maybe I'm 50, 55. <laughs> <laughs> it might be 20 or 25 years. Who knows? Yeah. But, uh, I'm going to keep doing this cause, um, I feel like there's no other point <laughs> like in the sense of like, Art is my life. Theater is my life. Acting is my life. I love it and I will pursue it with everything I have. So. Right on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in that same line of 
that same uh, vein, like I've been, uh, and you can think this is cheesy, whatever. I, for the first time, kind of put together a vision board <laughs> wow. um, and kind of just have like a bunch of stuff that I just want to achieve and accomplish. And, you know, you mentioned what's the biggest dream I can dream and like on that's that what board. you mentioned to me that's your towards, quote yeah that's right right words. yeah yeah but so towards the top of the um i just meant to the question so towards the top of this vision board um i have the quote that says uh, from angela davis says you have to act as if it were possible to radically transform the world and you have to do it all the time and i really think that that's that's the same mindset that walt disney had that's the same mindset that willy wonka had you know what i mean that <laughs> two two zany and crazy individuals that really just had a dream and like you know it's it's so and it can be so difficult to believe cliches and to trust your heart and your gut when people say things like like we just said like just keep chasing it just keep doing it i promise if you keep doing it and i think so often those can sound like platitudes but it's again another cliche trusting the process like you have to trust the process like I've been playing guitar and there's been moments, there's been two or three weeks at a time where I've been like, I just feel like I'm totally plateauing. I'm doing the same exercises. I'm doing kind of, I'm trying to learn new stuff, but I really feel like I'm not getting better. I'll put it away for two or three days. And then I pick it up again after like two or three days for not touching it. Light years coming up better, coming up with ideas and, and different sort of, you know, I guess movements that I just had not, thought of it's like like anything i guess sometimes you just have to get distance from something to see things clearly every once in a while and whether that means you know a single day of not playing guitar or maybe it means four months of self-reflection where you go and you know live at the top of a mountain you know i think whatever it is everyone needs varying degrees of that whether it's a day or a month or a year but i think it's extremely important protecting your mind and protecting your heart is just so important of like believing in yourself. You know, I hate how cliche it sounds and how much people can be like, Oh yeah, just believe in yourself. But it's, it's so true. Like you have to, same thing as this quote, you have to believe it's possible to change the world. Love that. So true. So true. Man, I'm so beyond grateful for both of you. I tried so hard not to cry the whole time. <laughs> Cause I'm just yeah. like, look how much, like far we've, come and look how you know much we've grown but at the same time we're still the same like yeah. that same tenacity it's always been there and it's very exciting definitely. to me just to see like all of our our future we're all so young we really are we're like That's just getting started that's it's what i was gonna say babies. it's like we're yeah. only just getting started like it's, it's very exciting crazy. yeah really out here doing it Thank you for listening to the Dreamers Podcast. Aren't they just the best? They are extremely talented and amazing. And if you want to follow them on social media, you can follow Chris on Instagram at Christopher Safira. And you can follow Garrett on Instagram at madeby.garrett. If you need any sort of creative services for your company, such as photography, music, writing, graphic design, and anything of the sort, you can check out Garrett's website at rgarrettstevens.com. I have the links to all of the above in the podcast description. I would also greatly appreciate if you could give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Last but not least, 
Don't stop dreaming and be kind to one another.